welcome to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast. This is episode number two, The Modern Guide to Codependency and Burnout, part one of four. In this episode, I'm going to define codependency, share my personal experiences with codependency as it relates to burnout, give you three questions that you need to ask yourself to recognize codependency within your own life, and at the end, I have a wild treat for you you're not going to want to miss. Let's dive right into it in three, two, one. Hello, friend. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week, I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering you insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout podcast. I'm so excited to have you back today. We are getting right into the content, talking about codependency. This topic is very near and dear to my heart because codependency was the driving force, the heartbeat behind my own experience with burnout. And what I know to be true is as women, being nurturing is so a part of our own DNA. It's wired within us. It's our nature. From a young age, we're taught to be, quote, nice, caring. Everyone likes a polite woman. Nobody wants an aggressive woman. You want to be accommodating and not difficult. The more you sacrifice of yourself and the more you become a martyr, the better you're viewed. You're viewed as being more selfless, and that's a badge of honor. Every woman should strive for that. And I think that there's a very blurry line between normal nurturing and excessive overgiving and codependency. And today, I really want to get clear on what is codependency and how can you recognize those behavioral patterns within your own life? Because codependency is toxic. Codependency will set you up for burnout every single time because at its core, it is abandonment of self. It is ignoring your own needs, your own wants, your own desires, your own feelings to show up for someone else. It's suppressing yourself. It's disconnecting from yourself. And the more you do that, the easier it becomes to repeat and to keep doing and doing and doing And eventually, it will lead you to an overwhelmed life, an overwhelmed schedule, and it will leave you exhausted emotionally and physically. It will leave your soul feeling empty and unfulfilled, and it could lead to physical problems. It could leave you bedridden. It could leave you with depression, anxiety, other mental health issues. It's a real issue. The better you can understand codependency, the better you could recognize those behavioral patterns within your own life, which is what parts one and part two of this series are all about. And in parts three and four, we're going to get into 
cancel codependency, which is then replacing those behavioral patterns with new behavioral patterns. But first, it starts with understanding, which is what today is all about. Now, you might be thinking, I could, I could hear you <laughs> thinking, Amber, but isn't putting yourself last and being selfless, isn't sacrificing just the way relationships work? Isn't that what love is? Love is sacrifice. Isn't it the professional thing to do to sacrifice yourself for your career? Isn't that what hard work is? And here's the thing. Overgiving in any capacity and suppressing your own wants, needs, and desires is never okay. You are worthy of providing for your own needs, of giving yourself what you need to feel good. You're worthy of that. The problem is, when you're wrapped up in codependent behaviors, it's so easy to lose sight of that. And some classic examples of codependent behavioral patterns are caretaking, feeling like you're not good enough, repressing your feelings, obsessing, and being dependent on other people. And I'm going to read off a pretty extensive list of specific codependent behaviors. And it comes from one of my favorite books called Codependent No More. And yes, this list is, this list is extensive, but I want you to hang with me. I want you to hang with me and think, does this sound like me? Here we go. Codependence may. Think and feel responsible for other people. Feel pity, anxiety, and guilt when other people have a problem. Feel compelled, almost forced, to help others in the name of love. Offer unwanted advice. Feel angry when their advice isn't welcome or when their help isn't accept accepted or effective. Anticipate other people's needs. Wonder why other people don't do the same for them. Feel undervalued and underappreciated. Say yes when they mean no. They do not know what they want or what they need. And when codependents do know what they want and need, they tell themselves that what they want and need is not important. Please others instead of themselves. Feel safest when giving. Feel insecure and guilty when somebody else gives to them. Feel sad because they spend their whole lives giving to others and nobody gives to them. Abandon their routine to respond to or do something for somebody else. Overcommit themselves. Blame themselves for everything. Reject compliments or praise. Codependents tend to get depressed from the lack of compliments and praise. Think they're not quite good enough. Feel guilty about spending money on themselves or doing unnecessary or fun things for themselves. Take things personally. Feel like victims. Feel like they can't do anything right. Expect themselves to do everything perfectly. Have a lot of shoulds. Get artificial feelings of self-worth from helping others. Get strong feelings of self-worth, embarrassment, failure, from other people's failures and problems. Believe they don't deserve good things to happen. 
push their thoughts and feelings out of awareness because of fear and guilt. Codependents tend to feel terribly anxious about problems and people. Check on people. Abandon their routine because they are so upset about somebody or something. Focus all their energy on other people and problems. Wonder why they never have any energy. Wonder why they could never get things done. Think they know best about how things should turn out and how people should behave. Codependents tend to ignore problems or pretend they aren't happening. Pretend circumstances aren't as bad as they really are. Tell themselves things will get better tomorrow. Stay busy so they don't have to think about things. Get depressed or sick. Become workaholics. Spend money compulsively. Overeat. Pretend that things aren't happening, such as overeating, spending money compulsively, being depressed or sick, believing lies, especially the lies they tell themselves. Many codependents look for happiness outside of themselves. Don't take time to see if other people are good for them. Don't take time to figure out if they love or like other people. Center their lives around other people. Stay in relationships that don't work. Tolerate abuse to keep people loving them. All right, you guys, I know that is such a long list and it's a ton of information to take in at once. So don't be afraid to hit that pause button, reflect, rewind, take it in a little at a time because it's a lot to take in. And I know as you're listening, you might be like me and really wrapped up in, okay, well, I do some of these, but I don't do all of these. So therefore, I can't be codependent because that's what I used to do. And I want to make this crystal clear. Codependency is not a good or bad thing. It just is. It's a behavioral pattern. Let's not get too caught up in the label. What matters is if you see yourself in just one of those bullet points, it's time to make a change. Let's chat for a second about codependency. If you're anything like me, maybe you've never even heard of codependency. I know I certainly didn't. And in this episode, I really speak to you how it was a driving force behind my burnout symptoms. And I think that the same holds true for many women listening. If you're feeling exhausted and run down, and if you find yourself giving everything to everyone around you, but when it comes time to show up for yourself, there just doesn't seem to be any time or energy left over for you. If you are feeling this way, chances are you might be experiencing codependency. And codependency is a very real thing. It is not a disorder. It is not a disease. It's simply an umbrella term for behavioral patterns. And it really means abandonment of self. It means ignoring your own wants, your needs, your feelings, your desires to care for someone else or to to be there for someone else. And some hallmark characteristics of someone suffering from codependency would be caretaking, fixing people that you love, really believing that they're going to change or seeing the good in them even though they keep failing to do what they say that they're going to do. And it really is overgiving, giving until it hurts and giving until you're depleted. A lot of women suffering from codependency will refer to themselves as being selfless and really cling to that as a badge of honor, but deep down have this deep feeling of inadequacy, feeling like they're never good enough, 
Like, if only I try harder, then, then this person will do X, Y, Z more. And there is a busyness component to it, a, a, an ability to keep your schedule really full, to distract yourself from that feeling of never feeling good enough. And a lot of women experiencing codependency will suppress their feelings, minimize their feelings, or deny them to spare the feelings of others. And it really ultimately leaves you feeling resentful and underappreciated. Now, if any of this sounds like you, then let me tell you I see you and I feel for you because that I will forever be a, reco a recovering codependent, I believe. And coming up in the September, September 9th, I'm going to be hosting a six-week virtual women's series. It's a part of my intentional living series. And this six weeks is dedicated to codependency and it's going to be called Codependent No More. The link for this program is going to be in the show notes. Click the link, apply today, space is limited, and I would love to see you there. Back to the show. Here are some questions to consider when asking yourself, am I codependent? Number one, do you neglect your needs to tend to another's needs? I remember when I first read that question or someone first proposed that question to me, I remember thinking, well, yeah, isn't that the nice thing to do? Isn't that the selfless thing to do? Isn't that what relationships are? I could hear some of you out there. Amber, isn't that what relationships mean? They mean sacrifice, right? They mean tending to others and showing up for them and showing your love and showing your care. Yes, relationships mean sacrifice, but at what cost? At the cost of denying your own wants and needs? Remember, at the end of the day, we teach people how to treat us. And when we continually caretake for people who are capable of taking care of themselves, we enable them, absolutely. But how often does that person return the caretaking? How often does that person show up for you? And often, in caretaking relationships, it's never equal. The caretaker is giving 110%. The caretaker is in an anxiety spiral, losing sleep, always anticipating the needs of the other person. And the other person that's being enabled is just living their life and, and having a grand old time, never anticipating the needs of the codependent. So I want you to dive deeper here. Do you do more than your fair share at work, at home, at organizations? Because caretaking doesn't have to just be in a family relationship or in a romantic partnership. It could be in a professional setting. Do you overextend yourself? Are you overcommitted? Do you abandon your routine to care for others or take on things that are not your responsibility? Finally, going in with question one, do you ask for help? Now I know I have so many different age groups listening here. And first, let, let's start with our young professionals out there. You're a young professional, young professional woman, and you're in a relationship, whether it's your girlfriend, husband, partner, whoever that is, your romantic partner, you find yourself always caretaking for them, always going above and beyond, making sure their needs are met, anticipating their needs, and you notice that it's not reciprocated. 
Essentially, you become your partner's parent. And that really enters dangerous territory when we start parenting our partner. Because we teach people how to treat us and we set the expectation. So by continually parenting, we're enabling that partner to never take responsibility for themselves. So I want you to take an honest approach here. Are you caretaking or parenting your partner? And that could be for anyone listening, not just a young professional in a relationship where they're overgiving. What about my mamas out there? There's a big difference between being the mom of a two-year-old, a two-year-old who needs their diaper changed, who needs you to provide for everything. They're not self-sustaining. There's a big difference between caretaking for that child, nurturing that child, and how you care for a 22-year-old or an adult child. That line could get pretty blurry because as seasons of life happen, the relationship changes. But I want you to check in with, with each relationship, mamas. Check in with how you treat your children. For that two-year-old, yes, you need to nurture. Yes, you need to provide for someone who cannot provide for themselves. But what about asking for help? Do you ask for help? Or do you overextend yourself? Do you tag team in someone else to help you? For moms of adult children, your 22-year-old is no longer a two-year-old. As long as they have the mental capacity and the physical ability to take care of themselves. Are you still caretaking for them and nurturing them as if they are two? Adults know, adults know how to take care of themselves or they should. They're never gonna learn though if you're continually enabling them, if you're continually anticipating their needs. Your kids are gonna love you no matter what because they're your children. Simply by being their mama, you're enough. You don't need to caretake to earn their love, to earn their respect to earn a relationship with them. So I want you to honestly examine, do you neglect your needs? These are questions to ask yourself. Number two, moving right along here, do you check on people? What I mean by checking on people is, have you ever been so anxious about someone that you need to make sure that they're safe, sound, and that things are going well for them, that they're pleased, their day is going fine, and you need to check up on them. I know for me, this used to show up as I had a family member that would unfortunately drink and drive. And it drove me crazy. I would stay up at night worrying. I would wake up in a cold sweat at 4 a.m. Is this person safe? And I would be compelled, compelled to drive past their favorite bars and make sure that if they were there, do they have a safe ride home? I would check up with phone calls, texts, you name it, and I did it in the name of keeping them safe. Who was I hurting in that situation? It was me. This is a more dramatic example. Checking on people could be as simple as checking up on your toxic ex-boyfriend on social media. It could be checking to see if someone replied to your text obsessively. Do you check on people? Last but not least, are you hard on yourself? And what I mean by that 
is, is your inner critic really loud? Do you continually tell yourself, you're never good enough, you can't do anything right, this is all your fault, everything is your fault. Do you hold yourself to rigid, rigid standards? For me, this usually shows up as shoulding all over myself. You should be doing this, you should be doing that. You don't have it together. How does that show up for you? And do you struggle with that? Those are your three questions. And before you move on to part two, I really want you to spend even just 10, 15 minutes, you, a journal, a pen, and really ask yourself these three questions and dive deep, dive deep with those clarifying questions and find specific examples in your life where yes, you are doing these things and just become aware, open your eyes to them and, and say to yourself, okay, I'm doing these things and hey self, they're not okay. They're not serving me. They're holding me back. And get ready to move forward because you know we're doing that in episodes, part, in further episodes, in parts three and four of this. You know we're moving forward. I want you to take about 15, I want you to set aside 10, 15 minutes with you, a journal, a notebook, a pen, a pencil, you and your laptop, whatever you need. Sit down and dive into these questions. Ask yourself those three questions. Spend time asking the clarifying questions. Where are these behavioral patterns showing up for you? Re-listen to the long extensive list. When is this showing up for you? Make a list when it shows up. And as you're making your list, remind yourself, it doesn't need to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. I am worthy of not abandoning myself. That's where it starts. Recognition is key. Recognizing that you are worthy is key. You are worthy of not abandoning yourself. You are worthy of self-connection. You are worthy of getting your needs met, of expressing your feelings, of all of these wonderful things. And we are going to discuss exactly how you could cancel codependency and replace those behaviors with new ones as we step into parts three and four of this series. You guys, I have a treat for you. I know that when I was first starting to think about healing from codependency, I would see women on the other side, women living their authentic truth. Women who weren't afraid to be seen, take up space, they weren't afraid to be judged, they weren't afraid of being viewed as being selfish or being self-serving. They were just living their lives and they were stepping into their power. I would see those women and I would think, I just can't abandon my family like that. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be self-centered. I don't want to be viewed as a bad person or as, God forbid, not a nice girl. And until I really made peace with the fact that it's okay. It's okay to move forward. I am worthy of moving forward. And until I was able to really sit with, other women feel it too. For me, I found so much peace in knowing other women feel this pressure too. Other women are held back because of this. That gave me permission to move forward. And I'm about to share a story with you 
that this is a story about a cheetah. I'm going to read Glennon Doyle's words from her book called Untamed, and I will paraphrase some sections to keep it concise. But this story honestly brought me to tears the first time I read it, and I hope that this is your permission slip to move forward and to know that you are not alone in your thinking. Glennon writes, Two summers ago, my wife and I took our daughters to the zoo. The zoo's big event was the cheetah run. A peppy blonde zookeeper in a khaki vest appeared at the cheetah run, and she held a megaphone and a leash for a yellow lab retriever. Welcome, everybody. You want to meet our resident cheetah, Tabitha? Do you think this is Tabitha? She teased the crowd. No, the kids yelled. This sweet Labrador is Minnie, Tabitha's friend. We introduced them when Tabitha was a baby cheetah, and we raised Minnie alongside Tabitha to help tame her. Whatever Minnie does, Tabitha wants to do. The zookeeper motioned toward a parked jeep behind her. A pink stuffed bunny was tied to the tailgate with a fraying rope. Who is a Labrador at home, she asked the crowd. Whose lab loves to play chase? Mine, the kid shouted. Well, Minnie loves to chase this bunny. So first, Minnie will do the cheetah run while Tabitha watches to remember how it's done. Then we'll count down, all open Tabitha's cage, and she'll take off. At the end of the route, just 100 meters away, Tabitha will be given a delicious steak at the end of the run. Minnie did her thing. She chased the bunny, dragging at the back of the Jeep. And finally, it was time for Tabitha's big moment. The crowd counted down together. Three, two, one. The cage was opened up. The bunny took off once again. Tabitha bolted, laser focused on the bunny, a spotted blur. She crossed the finish line within seconds. The zookeeper whistled and threw her a stake. The crowd went wild, clapping and cheering as Tabitha chewed down her stake. Glennon continues, as I watched Tabitha gnawing that stake in the zoo dirt, I couldn't help but think, day after day, this wild animal chases dirty pink bunnies down the well-worn narrow path they cleared for her, never looking left, never looking right, never catching the damn bunny settling instead for a store-bought steak and the distracted approval of sweaty strangers in the crowd. Obeying the zookeeper's every command, just like Minnie, the lab, she's been trained to believe that she is. Unaware that if she remembered her wildness, just for a moment, she could tear the zookeepers to shreds. A child in the crowd raised his hands. Does the cheetah know that she's in a zoo? Does Tabitha miss the wild? No, the zookeeper assured. Tabitha was born here. She doesn't know any different. She's never seen the wild. There, in that field, away from many, the zookeepers. In the distance, Tabitha's posture had changed. Her head was high. She was stalking the periphery, tracing the boundaries the fence created, back and forth, 
back and forth, stopping only to stare somewhere beyond the fence. It was like she was remembering something. She looked regal and a little scary. I wish I could go up to Tabitha, Glennon continues and asks, what's happening inside you right now? I knew that if I could, Tabitha would tell me, something's off about my life. I feel restless and frustrated. I have this hunch that everything was supposed to be more beautiful than it is. I imagine fenceless, wide open savannas. I want to run and hunt and kill. I want to sleep under an ink black, silent sky filled with soft stars. It's so real, I can taste it. Then she would look back at the cage, the only home she's ever known. She'd look at the smiling zookeepers, the bored spectators, and her panting, bouncing, begging best friend, the lab. She'd sigh and say, I should be grateful. I have a good enough life here. It's crazy to long for what doesn't even exist. I'd say, Tabitha, you are not crazy. You are a goddamn cheetah. Ladies, you are not crazy. Codependency is real. Burnout is real. You are worthy of looking within yourself. You are worthy of healing from codependency. You are worthy of choosing new behaviors to heal your burnout. You are a goddamn cheetah. Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light. And I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.